You're listening to Building the Game with Rob and Jason. It's Building the Game with Jason and Rob. For tabletop game design, you really can't go wrong. Building the Game, yeah, Building the Game. Hello and welcome to Building the Game, a documentary podcast. Today is Monday, July 15th, 2019. It's episode 372. My name is Rob. Jason's here as well. How are you, sir? How you doing? I'm doing great. Yeah? Had I, we, this is our first time recording back after the 4th of July holiday. I hope you had a fantastic 4th of July holiday. It was fantastic. Good. Great. We're done with talking about that now because we have more <laughs> important things to address. We have a special guest on the line here. Yeah? We have a special guest. We have... We have I'm not going to say this person's name just yet. I'm going oh, to... okay. Build gonna, up to it? I'm going to talk about... This is someone who cares about history. This is someone who cares about Americana. Right? Is that fair? I think that's fair. This is... I'll say it. This is a man. This is a man who makes games. This is a man who has made an amazing game. A game about a community. Jason, are you feeling me here? Community? It's a a community. I heard it takes a village, so. Indeed it does. But you don't need a village to play the game of New Bedford. All you need is some friends. A couple of friends. A couple of friends. You can play New Bedford from Dice Hate Me Games. Designed by our guest today, Nat LeVan. Hello, sir. Hi, thanks for having me. Well, thanks for joining us. It's, It's a pleasure to have you on the show. It's something we've been kind of talking about a little bit for a while, and and it came together this year. Came together for a for a special event. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm pretty excited. I know that uh, the special event is something I've had my eye on for a while, and so uh, I'm happy to be able to finally join in. Well, we're happy to have you. We are. Yeah. So, Rob, are you just going to keep alluding to stuff? Well, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. So, uh, so Nat is. Uh, uh, one of our two challengers, competitors, uh, victims. victims. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> victims uh, in the uh, build, building the game uh, IDC for our 2019, uh, which is the sixth annual. Mm-hmm. Um, what's at stake? A karate medal. It's 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 you know a it's karate a big deal, medal in, in the biggest bragging rights in the history of gaming, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, basically. Um, so something interesting though that, that Nat said that that I uh, that I want to I want to um, I want to jump on here and really really explore is Nat said he's had his eye on it for a while. So mm-hmm. have have you been to the, any of the other IDCs or have you just seen videos of them or I've seen uh, bits and pieces, but I think I was first introduced to it. Uh, boy, the year that uh, my friend uh, in yours. Joshua J. Mills competed. Yes. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'd say competed. I mean, he was there. He was there. Participant is probably <laughs> yeah. a better a better way to describe that. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, so. Yeah. Good old. Good old uh, Joshua Josh Mills from South Carolina. Uh, he was. He was fun to have on uh, uh, at the event. Uh, it, it, and I think almost immediately following that, Josh came to us and said, "Guys, you got to have Nat." You got to get Nat on here. He said that. Yeah. Yeah. He said that. Yeah. 
Uh, and uh, we we uh, we we it just didn't work out for last year. Right. I think that's the simplest way to put that. Just didn't work out la- for last year. But we are thrilled to have you joining us this year. Well, in in like most things that come from from Mills, when he first said it, we ignored him. Right. I mean, because <laughs> uh, yeah. And then it was like, oh wait, I asked him again, and he said, dude. I told you, get Nat on there. And then, yeah, it didn't work out last time. Got him this time. We're super stoked about it. Uh, you know, Nat, for what you've seen uh, from the IDC with Mills, I, I just want to give you this message. That was child's play, buddy. Uh, it's gotten way worse. Uh, and this year will be the worst. I promise. Promise. I wouldn't want it any other way. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, honestly, I think and this is speaking from a person that doesn't have to go through all this. Um, but you know, I just get to stand there and host and make fun of people. But, but really, I, I feel like it's better for you guys if it's terrible, because then if you fail miserably, you can be like, yeah, but yeah. it was terrible. Pressure's off. Yeah. Right. right? Yeah. Yeah. You really got to, uh, you know, set expectations. So you don't take any of it seriously. And then that opens up a lot of good, uh, good opportunities, I think. Yeah, I agree. The, the less seriously you take it, the probably the, uh, the more entertaining it's going to be for everybody yeah that's for sure 100 so because i'm not taking this seriously at all oh good good that was that's such a relief man <laughs> neither do we <laughs> i think i think the meanest thing we could do to the contestants would be to do a year where everything is super dry like pitch a game about and then like some like normal uh-huh. thing and talk to us about this mechanic and some normal thing right 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 and i think that is probably the worst thing we could do to anyone because it mm-hmm. would be really really difficult uh, and you'd have no excuse for failing other than being bad at it. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I well, wouldn't want to be suckered into judging that one. <laughs> <laughs> no, definitely not. Yeah. So uh, thanks again for joining us on the show, too. Uh, uh, how the heck are you, man? What's what's going on? Oh, busy, busy, busy. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's uh, summer convention season is in high swing. So, uh, just got a lot of uh, game playing, game designing, game pitching to do yeah. all the time, it feels like. Every day, keep hustling. And you are part of the uh, North North Carolina group, is that correct? I'm not part of the oh, North okay. Carolina group. Okay. I'm, uh, I'm an independent faction. I'm based <laughs> in Philadelphia, but uh, I associate closely with uh, Josh Mills, and he kind of ropes me into half the stuff they do <laughs> right right that's probably why i actually thought that you were because he's never shuts up about that stuff and uh yeah and i think i've seen you there before i guess you didn't have the blue t-shirt that's how mm-hmm. i should have known mm-hmm. so yeah i mean that's my other plan is to maybe just buy some blue t-shirts and start wearing them when i go to conventions and people will actually think that i'm part of it so yeah yeah that's a great plan the same color blue but without the print on it right or exactly. just do the prints you know well, I kind of like a, a white uh, paint marker, just scribble, <laughs> scribble it on. Yeah, it's just like hand drawn with a white paint marker, so it sort of generally looks like that. At a glance, you might blend in. That'd be hilarious. Could could we get like an off blue one that's just like kind of kind of ugly looking and write game designers of South Carolina and then Mills on the back and give that to him? I kind of want to do that now. Go ahead. <laughs> That's totally doable. I'm I'm way too lazy to do that. Yeah, he wouldn't wear it anyways. The jerk. Um, <laughs> so so yeah 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 yeah. So real busy getting ready for convention season. Yeah, absolutely. I get that. Do you uh, do you have a regular playtesting group in Philly that you work with? Uh, it's uh, an irregular playtesting group at best. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's 
it's a terrific group of uh, guys that I've been playing with for uh, years and years now, uh, including the illustrious uh, Dan Kassar, designer of Arboretum. Ooh. So uh, I'm real fortunate to have them to test with, but it's uh, real tough in the summer to find a time to consistently get together because somebody's always right. on vacation or uh, traveling to a convention. Sorry, that's my fault. But, <laughs> uh, we normally get back into the swing in uh, fall and winter. Yeah, yeah, I, I totally hear that. People take vacations and they do things with family in, in in the summer and it's terrible it's the worst thing you could ever do honestly bunch of slackers yeah, yeah. i leave actually leave thursday for a week <laughs> good it's great so, but i'm gonna bring my laptop and i'm gonna be working on games the whole time the whole time guaranteed from a campground yeah that's what happens when you co-design stuff you don't get to not work on games because your yeah. co-designers harass you it's rough yeah such mean people it's much better to be the one uh, harassing, though. Yeah, yeah, right? <laughs> so you get to feel all high and mighty, right? <laughs> you have that thing done yet? Oh, come on. I'm waiting on you, pal. <laughs> I, did, I did the thing I needed to do like two weeks ago. Where have you been? <laughs> oh, you got a job? Oh, B-O-O-H-O-O. Yeah. Yeah, it's rough. So, it's real rough. Yep. Uh, well, hey, uh, you played anything lately that you've been uh, super jazzed about? Uh, I actually just played Wingspan for the first time last night. Oh, nice. Yeah, and I know that's uh, that's still kind of a real fresh hotness. So uh, that was great. Really, uh, absolutely stunning product that uh, they put together there. And a really well-designed and fun game inside it. You know, it's uh, yeah, hard to find any fault with that. Awesome. Awesome. Good. That is really cool. Yeah. yeah I, I haven't, I haven't the opportunity pl- I yet. really want to. I'm hoping I'll at least get to like demo it at Gen Con or something. But uh, yeah, it's um, it looks really nice. So uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So what about you, Jason? What played, about me? Played much lately? Me? Uh, we had a game night recently. Um, we didn't play anything that fancy. What did we play? I don't know. We played Monikers because that's like our go-to party game because mm-hmm. like everyone likes that game. Um, or at least everyone in our group, others might be like, I hate that game. It sucks. But mm-hmm. I think, it, I think it's fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we played, gosh, I literally can't remember what we played. I'm just completely blanked out on what we played. Um, thanks for nothing then. Yeah. Gosh, what there was, man, there was another game we played cause they were like, right before everybody left, they were like, Oh, what's that game? And I was like, Oh, let me quick show it to you. It's real easy. And then, and then I showed them the game and. I don't remember what it is. Like mm. I, I, my mind is a complete blank when it comes to what we played. It's probably because it's we we tend to play some of the same stuff. We have we have a larger group of people, and several of them are not um, not big gamers. Yeah. So we you know we tend to we tend to play some lighter fare. Mm-hmm. Um, the kind of everybody can jump on board with. Oh, I know when we played Who knew uh, that game I was telling you about that Neil uh, had that yeah. I really liked. Where uh, you're uh, trying to guess what everyone's favorite thing is. Um, and it was really fun. Uh, but I'll say this, you start with like five cards in your hand of the five different things. If you've got crappy cards, Mm -hmm. it becomes really hard to, to do well in that game. 
Um, you know, so like in the cards are subjective, right? Like what's this person's favorite thing? And you're looking at your hand and you're like, they hate all of these things. Yeah. Like no one likes any of the things that are, that I have, you know? Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah. Yeah. So that was, that, that was a little unfun. I mean, the game was fun, but like Mm -hmm. it was just a little bit of a bummer, but it plays quick. So we were able to play two rounds, which was, which was nice. Good. Yeah. Good. You played anything lately? Yeah, we uh, went over to my uh, my brother's house last night. Actually, uh, his wife's uh, family is visiting, uh, so his in laws are around. So we um, we brought over kind of our, our three standard go to family games that we bring to all of our family events. Uh, we started with Imagine, which is that um, that game where you he has clear cards with shapes on them, and you have to like make pictures and get people to guess guess the the thing you're making, like you know. Mickey Mouse or, um, um, you know, Ski Instructor were some of the stuff that we came across there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, So that's always a big hit with the family. That's kind of our number one go-to. Our number two is Yogi. Uh, Yogi is so great. Uh, Twister with cards, right? I've talked about this before. It's just great. Every time I play it with somebody new, that person says, holy crap, where can I get this? Can I just <laughs> can I just go get this from, from Target or something? And I send them to Amazon, of course. Right. Um, so Yogi's always a big hit. And then we played Las Vegas, introduced it to some new, new out-of-towners, and, uh, and they loved it. And it was that thing where we, we play the first round, and it, and by the end of that, they start to get it. We get started in the second round, and I say, you know what? So, you know, hey, if you guys don't want to play a full four rounds, it's cool. Don't worry about it. We get to the end of that second round. We're like, no, 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 we're playing this whole game. <laughs> Um, and the best thing I ever did uh, was add more dice to that game yep. so we can have more players. Yeah, we, we I played, steal dice from Rule for it to do that. Yeah. yeah, we played with seven people last night. It was great. That's and awesome. E- even my niece, who's six and a half, she gets it. Mm-hmm. She gets it, and it's great. She loves it. Las Vegas was one of the other games we played. Okay. And then we played Dude at the end of the night because somebody oh. was like, what's this Dude game? And I was like, oh, I can show you real quick. It's, yeah. it's real easy. And Dude's so, fun. Have you played Dude, uh, Nat? No, I'm aware of it, but I haven't actually yeah. played it. Oh, it's super it's, fun. It's, it's, it's really it's stupid. stupid. It's super so dumb, stupid, but it's great. But it's really fun. Yeah, yeah. So um, that was a, that was an easy buy from Northstar yeah. there at last year's Gen Con. Is that last year? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, all, all right. right. Hey, well, we should probably talk about a topic. Okay. And Nat said he, he thought for a long time about this topic. He mm-hmm. was like, this. I am so prepared for this topic. That's what I heard. He said. Yeah. yeah, that's what he I heard like, say. I can't wait. I have bullet points, things that we're going to go over. So uh, so what do you got, Nat? Uh, today, our topic will be uh, prototyping. Because I've been sitting here uh, for the last couple of weeks just prototyping like furious. <laughs> yeah. Fantastic. Um, I, I love this is a this is something we've covered many times, but anytime we cover it with someone new, it's always awesome. Yeah, because what I've come to realize is no two people prototype even close to the same. That's right. Uh, so I, I love, love, love hearing uh, like new, new, uh, new ideas and stuff. But let's start this way. If, it, if it's OK, can I can I? Well, I haven't, heard, I haven't heard the yet. recommendation yet, but here I'm comes one. That. I don't, you build it up with uh, how, how well prepared I was. Sure, I guess whatever you want. Yeah. <laughs> um, Nat, what are, your, what are the things you hate most about prototyping? Oh, man, the things I hate most? Uh, taking cards out of sleeves. Oh, oh, man, yes, yes, the worst. <laughs> I don't mind it that much. <laughs> I can put cards in sleeves, 
sleeves all night long. But having to actually take them out of the sleeves when I know I need to make a change, it's just, it's painful. And I don't feel like, I can't just go and take an entire pack of 200 sleeves or whatever and throw them away because I made one change and I, I can't do that to the... Oh, no. I can't do that to our planet. Yeah. Yeah. Also, those things are really expensive yeah. after a while. See, yeah, for, it adds up. For me, though, when I, when I get to the point where I'm ready to pull cards out of sleeves, that means I'm basically done. I've done all the hard stuff. I've done all the new layouts and made all the updates and printed everything and cut everything out. That means I'm, I'm, I'm on the home stretch. I can just pull crap out of sleeves, slide cards into sleeves, and I'm done. That's, that's how, why I like that process. That's the last step until I have a finished prototype. Yeah, I don't know. I to me, it's just another obstacle in the way of just being done. And if mm. you've got a game with like ninety cards, that's ninety cards you got to unsleeve and ninety cards you got to resleeve. And they're not like shingles. You can't just say, "Oh, we put two, three layers in," because then it's not going to fit in a deck box. And you know, mm. ugh. so that that's a good thing to hate. What else do you hate? Uh, cutting oddly shaped boards or tiles mm. yeah like I, I pretty much always set up my prototypes so that i'm using uh squares when i can but then every once in a while i will make a really bad decision and go with a, a something that it can't just put on a paper cutter and slice through and that always takes me longer than everything else put together i, I agree completely hexagons are the worst shape known to man Oh, they're, they're so nice. I, I'll tell you what, I did prototype with hexagons once, <laughs> and after that I said, all right, I'm just going to order them. <laughs> so I, like, I will never prototype hexagons myself again. Oh, it's I'll miserable. I'll make the most basic colors that I need, and I'll fix it later with marker if I need to. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Um... I've heard that some people... Um, are smart and buy hexagon shaped cutters like punches. Um, they, they're like what? Yeah, there's such a thing for scrapbookers, you know, where you you of can course, buy, of course, you know, yes. and yeah, and you just put on the piece of paper and you and you push down and it cuts it out perfectly, a perfect hexagon, the same shape, the correct dimensions every time. The downside of that, in my mind, is that you end up wasting paper, and then it's got to be really hard if you have precise art in there to get it aligned just right. That's the part that's stopped me from buying one of those cutters right you know i i mean i don't think i've ever designed something with hex tiles but um but that now i don't ever want to don't do for it for sure <laughs> it's not worth it it's not my worth main it. problem is that they never make those cutters strong enough to go through anything more than like a couple <laughs> pieces of paper at a time so yeah chipboard is right completely out of the question that is a good point even yeah. cardstock you know is you're getting one cardstock one at, at a time, time yeah. yeah yeah and you really gotta squeeze like your your arm's gonna be sore well before you're done cutting mm-hmm. all those uh those hexagons all right guys i think i figured this out right what you do what you do okay you buy like like 60 of those cutters okay and then you and then you you put them all out uh you range them uh and and then you put a piece of chipboard inside all of them so so, you, so you're basically set up so you can cut all 60 out of one sheet at a time and then and then you you uh take it outside and you this is like just on your on the floor of your garage or maybe it's it's in the street we'll say it's just in the street right then you put a piece of plywood over it and then and then you have to build a ramp 
so that your car can drive up on top of it. And then you just drive back and forth over it a few times, and the weight of your car will be enough, and it's distributed evenly thanks to the plywood, you know, and, and it'll just it'll it'll cut through all that stuff. And you got to throw them all away when when you're done because they're all garbage. Uh, you've you've wrecked all the cutters, but it was easy. So you're basically like a monster truck, <laughs> yeah, driving over these. These cutters. Look, I think there's a YouTube video in that. I see no flaw in that logic. It's just that'll totally work. Yeah. 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 Maybe we can get uh, Squarespace to sponsor a video of us doing that. They sponsor all kinds of crap, don't they? Do do they? Don't they? Yo, know, they sponsor a lot of podcasts, yeah. Oh, that's yeah. right, for podcasts. What 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 sponsors YouTube? I don't know. Videos. I hope it's a podcast. I don't know. Anyway, let's 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 research this. Okay, well, we, that's going to be a really weird uh, challenge in the IDC. Is you know, cutting one hexagon out of chipboard. That's it. I actually kind of like that idea. I, I kind of want to do speed cutting now. I, I kind of want to do speed cutting. That's a pretty good idea. Like, all right, cut all right. out these. Uh, yeah, yeah. Finish making this prototype. First person, whoever gets it done first, you get you get extra points. But then the judges have to go in and judge the accuracy and reliable and consistency of your cuts. Yeah, um, Nat, you may have just really hosed yourself. Yeah. <laughs> then again, your competitor, knowing what I know of the things they work on, uh-huh. you may have an advantage in that it's true. round. So it's true. Yeah. You you may also have a hand cramp, but you may have an advantage. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, and I have been doing. I have been working out. I've been doing this, uh, all that prototyping. So yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. This yeah. is this is an interesting I idea. Think I'm set. Man, man, this is not a bad idea. <laughs> this is not a bad idea at all. Um, <laughs> it involves sharp objects, though, so we need to be careful. Uh, not when we give them kid scissors, Rob. <laughs> oh, that's even better. <laughs> Left-handed kid scissors. <laughs> Are you left-handed, Nat? Uh, yes, I am. So a right-handed scissors would definitely be the way to. <laughs> I do, I definitely believe you. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> He's definitely telling the truth, one hundred percent. So we all agreed on the things we don't. We seem to not like the same things. But here's what I was honestly hoping would happen: you'd be like, "Man, I really don't like this one thing," and then Rob and I would be like, "Oh, well, we do it this way," and you'd be like, "Oh, that's great," and then we'd be like, "We really don't like this," and you'd be like, "Oh, I do it this way," and be like, "Oh my gosh, we saved everybody so much time." But no, it was just like we all hate the same things. Except I like. Except for <laughs> I like taking stuff out of sleeves. Send your cards with with in sleeves to Rob. Pay mm. the postage. Yeah, he will unsleeve them and send them back. Honestly, probably like six to 12 weeks later, Rob is real slow at stuff. He'll get around to it when he does. That's what <laughs> I'm saying. Yeah. No delivery guarantees. <laughs> also, self-addressed stamped envelopes to get them back. Otherwise. Uh, one each. Yeah. <laughs> one per card. <laughs> Separate ones for the cards and the sleeves. Yeah. yeah. Right. Right. Because yeah, he's going to want those blank cards, those, <laughs> those bad cards back. Can't be too careful that somebody might steal your idea. Mm-hmm. It's so. risky. I One time, I, I'm bad about not unsleeving my cards, and one time I... It was like I took two hours and was like, I'm going to unsleeve every old mm-hmm. prototype card I have to get my stuff back. And I had a stack of, I would guess, probably 1,500 cards mm-hmm. that I had done. Yeah. yeah. So got I, a lot of sleeves, though. That was real convenient. I did that once about a year ago. I, I unsleeved everything that I had been sitting on, some of it since the beginning of this podcast. Um, wow. Yeah. Uh, and uh, about... Three months later, I opened a drawer that I hadn't opened in a while, and there were just as many cards in that drawer still in <laughs> sleeves as I had undone the months before that. 
So <laughs> that was that was a little bit frustrating. Yeah, anyway. I, I have all these deck boxes laying around. That I just buy those cheap deck boxes, the plastic ones that say yeah. deck box on them. Um, cause they're like two bucks a piece or a dollar a piece at Gen mm-hmm. Con for sales. Um, and they're great to, I do a lot of card games, so it's great to just give that to a publisher. Um, but I'll, I have a drawer where I keep them all and I'll open them and I, I'm like, I'll pull one out and be like, what, what game, like what game is this? Like I literally don't even know what <laughs> game this was. So yeah. yeah. Or I'll see a game and be like, why did I stop working on this game? Oh, well, I don't have time now. I guess I'll just unsleeve it. Just move on. So, yeah. <laughs> what other tips do you have, sir? Uh, I was doing a lot of custom dice lately, and I think the uh, first time I tried to do custom dice, I was trying to be really fancy, and I did uh, individual faces, and I cut them out with a little punch myself and sat there one by one putting the faces on, and uh, that was another thing that I decided never to do again. Uh, But I discovered uh, someone on Twitter probably suggested it to use address labels and if you get the uh, 15 millimeter dice two address labels is basically perfect for getting all six sides Hmm. to where you don't have to cut them you just wrap them around is that what you're saying or do you cut them right you just wrap them around no cutting all you have to do is set up the printer to uh, do a whole sheet of dice stickers at once and then you just two labels one die and i knocked out like a hundred dice in 20 minutes or something just like flying through them that is a hot tip because that's that's really good that's one of the reasons why i stopped working on hardpoint is that just (laughs) remaking all those dice is such a rotten pain in the butt that's a that is a that is a pro tip right there see this worked out nice worked out I i like that and yeah, I've so I've been stickering dice lately, but I've been doing it the terrible way, like you used to do it. Yeah. Um, and uh, to do that, I actually found all these old CD labels I had, like the printable CD labels. So I've been using those because, I'm like, well, they're they're blank stickers, and I'm just drawing numbers on the dice. It's not a big deal, numbers and symbols. So yeah, that's been that's. Mm. But it takes me. The game takes eight, and it takes me a good twenty minutes to do those eight, if not more. So, um, so yeah, that, what you're saying, Nat sounds amazing. Even if you had to, even if you wanted to hand write them, you could just wrap the sticker, wrap the other sticker and then hand write the numbers on. Yeah. That's still really, really good. I'm yeah, still, it works way better than just writing directly on the dice. Right. Yeah. I don't, I, so for the, what I found on Amazon, this is my pro tip. Um, this bag of multicolored blank dice um, and it's fantastic because when you uh, you can see the color of the die beneath it, right? Um, yep. And uh, and then you just you put the stickers on, put the numbers on, and so now I've got different colored dice to mean different things. Um, but that was twenty bucks on Amazon or something for a large number of them, and uh, that's been I've been working on the, off that for a couple of years, and it was like eight colors, I think, mm-hmm. including white and off white, so white and I think ivory. Yeah. So I mean, if Did that come with. A- uh, black in, inside a black bag yes yes it did a silky oh, I bag I got the same one so do I <laughs> yeah, it's amazing um, another hot tipper on, on that uh, if you guys know wish.com it's the website where you can buy all kinds of weird things directly from China that are super cheap but you have to wait a month for them to ship to you uh-huh. oh yeah yeah you can buy blank dice on there like buy the thousand for a few dollars 
um, which is pretty awesome. Oh, that is good. That's... Yeah. You can buy meeples from there. I almost bought a bag of 2,000 Chinese coins for like a dollar. I almost did it and then didn't. Why didn't you? Because I just It didn't... was a dollar, Rob. Yeah, but it would have been like another $12 for shipping because they were metal, you because know? they're heavy, right? <laughs> And and I didn't really have a specific game to use them for, so I didn't. Right. Yeah. You can find a lot of weird little tchotchke things like that on Wish. I'm going to check that out. Yeah. I looked at Wish before, but I wasn't looking for game design pieces, and it was just a lot of weird stuff. There's a lot I of weird really stuff in there. really didn't need. Yeah. Don't dig too deep on Wish. No, I, I did. I made a mistake. <laughs> yeah. You click on one thing, it suggests something, and then you click on that, and then suddenly it starts suggesting stuff, and you're like, oh. Things oh, go downhill. Oh, my. Yeah. Yeah, that way lies madness. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but if you search for blank dice, you'll probably be okay. <laughs> Good to know. <laughs> Are you guys uh, like, like I am and have a whole Amazon wish list of just random bits say like, Oh, that, that could be fun for something. Yeah. So I used to, I used to. And then, um, my sisters in law all, all just started saying, Oh, well we need to be sharing Amazon wish lists for Christmas and for birthdays. And one year, one of them got a hold of that and got really scared about, and they, they were really uncomfortable about, buying me things like blank dice and blank cards and they felt like that was a really terrible Christmas gift and then even though you would have really enjoyed even though it. I would have really liked that uh, and and they got uncomfortable and then they so they started they, they like all bought me other weird things that I didn't want that they thought I might want but I didn't and so <laughs> I had to like get rid of that Amazon wish list and create a new one that's specifically stuff you want stuff that I wouldn't hate getting for Christmas right at first, when you said they were really uncomfortable, I got a little concerned about what, quote, game bits you had. <laughs> yeah. No. Rob's like, I've got a bunch of anatomically correct meeples in there, you know? Uh-huh. I mean, those two, but... That doesn't exist, right? God, I hope that doesn't <laughs> I exist. Think so. <laughs> oh, man. Rule 30... Is rule 34? If it doesn't exist on the internet, it does now. <laughs> right, 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 right. Ah. <laughs> uh. Okay, other hot tips? What do we think? Oh, man. Are you are you really a designer if you don't have at least five different ways of cutting things? Probably not. Yeah, let me see. Okay, I've got scissors. I've got two different X-Acto knives, so I'll just count that as one. I've got one with a really steep angle, one with a really shallow angle. Uh, I've got a, a box cutter, if Jason doesn't destroy all of her recording gear. <laughs> that big thump there. I've got a box cutter with like, anyway, it's complicated, but it's a nice box cutter. I've got like a, a single sheet slide cutter where you slide the thing back and forth. I've got a swing arm cutter. Um, I used to have a circle cutter, but the blade wore out on that and I couldn't find a replacement blade for it. Um, yeah. Yeah, I've got I've got the swing arm. I've got the, uh, the rotary slide cutter. I've got the like flat blade slide cutter. You got the scissors. You got the exacto knife. Yeah, I, I think it, it's uh, things to cut with and printers are the two the two things that designers seem to collect all the time. It's true. Yeah, I, I only have one printer, but it has been the single best printer I've ever bought. It's an Epson WF something. It's an all-in-one thing, but it prints real well on cardstock. It's Wi-Fi. Um, it's not too big. So like when I went and met with Neil and worked for the weekend on games, I just brought it with, connected it to the Wi-Fi at the Airbnb, and we were able to uh, 
um, print off stuff, you know. I can print from my laptop upstairs. I can print from my workstation downstairs. So, um, yeah, that's my printer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've, I've got a, a, an Epson WF something or other right here, too. I've got the one with the two drawers, so I can, like, load the cardstock in the one mm-hmm. and the other, like, plain paper in the other. Yeah, next time I buy one, that is because I can't tell you the number yeah. of times I've wasted cardstock printing some stupid document on cardstock. <laughs> Or my wife does because she doesn't realize that I have cardstock in there. Like a jackass, I leave cardstock in there and yeah. I shouldn't. You know, I thought I thought having two uh, drawers for paper would solve that, except it always seems to default to the wrong drawer, no matter what I want to print. Like, all right, print this, print this prototype. Ah, plain paper. Okay, try it again. Okay, now I got it right. And then I'll try and print something on plain paper, and it'll come out on the cardstock. And then I'll want to stick in a sheet of sticker paper, and it'll get the wrong drawer for that, and it'll take yeah. me... Then the sticker paper will be upside down. I feel like it's... I've actually, you know, exponentially increased my difficulty printing things correctly by having two drawers because then I have twice as much stuff to mess up. Right. One of the other things, speaking of printing in default settings, and maybe this is just a Mac issue. I don't know. Rob hates Mac, so he probably thinks it is, but everything I attempt to print defaults to double-sided. Everything on my Mac, but also my Microsoft Office, but that's Office for Mac, so it could just be that. I have printed so many things wasted by printing them double-sided mm. because I didn't uncheck it. I've went into like the the hardware settings and changed it. Still does it. I'm guessing that's your fault. Is there like an eco button? I think my printer's got a an eco button on it. Oh, conserve paper. That could be. Yeah. Uh, my printer does have an eco button, but I promise you I've never clicked it. Maybe you need to click it. <laughs> Maybe it's the, <laughs> But anyways, yeah, everything always defaults to two-sided, so I need to double-check. Yeah. I mean, it, I would say it defaults to two-sided about 75% of the time. Mm-hmm. If I don't check, then it's 100% of the time. But if I do check, it's around about 75. Yeah, I splurged a couple of years ago and bought a, a color laser Samsung something or other. It only has one one paper tray like standard, but it does have a bypass tray. So I keep plain paper in the main tray. And then whenever I want to put on cardstock or label paper, then I, I full, full down the bypass tray and, and uh, do it that way. And that way I always know, Hey, I've got to change a setting. Yeah. yeah. I can't even reach my bypass tray because of the way my printer is set up. So. That's too bad. Yeah. Mine's right on the front. Yeah. That, that's the way to do it. Next time I get a printer. Definitely going with color laser. I love it, man. I love it. It's it's and I'm still I've had it for a couple of years now and still on the starter cartridges. That that ink lasts forever. Whoa. Yeah. They're a little pricier though. They're right? expensive, but they last a long time. It is it is objectively, you know, page by page cheaper to uh, for, for toner. I'll have to do that then next time, just because I go through ink like crazy and I go to Sam's Club, which helps because yeah. I get ink for like it's like seventy bucks, but I get everything in two black inks yeah so like in the high capacity ones but it still is really expensive Mm -hmm. yeah and that laser stuff i since i haven't had to buy a a cartridge yet for any of the colors i haven't priced it yet but i know it's probably going to be like 100 bucks each or something okay Um, so maybe it is about the same then when in the end or close are you paying 100 bucks for ink for that i'm paying about 70 bucks for a, a package of all the colors and two oh, blacks come see, with that. I think this is like, you know, it's like CMYK, 100 bucks each. Okay. No, this is like 
CMYK, 30 bucks each. Yeah. Or, okay. No, 20. It depends on where you buy it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like, I always buy the pack where all three colors come together because it's always cheaper yeah. that way. And like I said, if you buy it at Sam's, it's even cheaper. They yeah. give you the extra black ink so they can charge you more, even mm-hmm. though you're like, I don't need extra black ink. I'm a game designer, guys. I'm going to go through the color just as fast as the black. <laughs> yeah, I just uh, I did the same exact thing. Last week I got new ink and I said, oh, I better get the one that's got the black ink in the multi-pack. Yeah. And then I got home and found a, an unopened uh, black extra, extra large. And now I've got two of them plus one that's still on my printer that's probably 80% full. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I do try whenever I can. If I can print something in black and white and not need color, I will do that absolutely every time just so that I use more of the black ink. Um, but so many times colors matter. Um, for the games I'm doing, so yeah. You know, that's pro- it's probably a good exercise to force yourself to think about it in black and white because that's true. That that's going to help you when you want to come around to making it more uh, colorblind accessible too. Right, and I do. I got a chart that I use that I found online that shows the best pairings or the safest pairings, like avoid red green together and things like that. Um, and that has been helpful. I, I um, so I find that 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 I've been told by people who are colorblind that that's been useful. Um, but I also try to make sure there's a symbol or something that is helpful for identifying that as well. Yeah, my problem I run into with uh, making it a very colorblind accessible is that whenever I go to buy bits, I say, okay, well, I I need this very specific shape, and oh that shape only comes in red, yellow, green, blue, maybe black or white. Right. Or if I need two or three different shapes, they won't all come in the same colors except like each one of them will have one extra color. This one comes in an orange in addition to those. And this one comes in a purple in addition to those. But if I want to get enough sets for four different players, I'm stuck back with the, uh, the basic colors. Yep. Yep. That is a problem. So the lesson here is you should just set it all on fire. <laughs> just so burn that, it to the ground. That's everything. how Rob thinks. Yep. All right. Those those are some some hot tips, some hot takes, mm-hmm. some good stuff. Pro strats. But now, now it's time uh, to pitch a game. And, and Nat at the beginning, and so I'm just going to hold him to this. Yeah. He opted to us that he wanted to do a pitch challenge to practice for the IDC. Mm-hmm. So Rob, you want to pull him up? Uh, a super nasty pitch challenge. We need to do a board gameizer. Yeah, so we use board gameizer um, because sometimes you get good ideas, but a lot of times the ideas are fairly nonsensical in the best way possible. Uh, are you familiar with board gameizer? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So I just went to the website and, and I'm going to give you the first thing. Well, I'll give you the option. I, you can either have the first thing that popped up here, or I can hit one other idea one time. Oh, I mean, if you got a Monty Hollett, right? <laughs> All right. But so you're not going to tell him what it is. You're just going to say he has to take it, or no? I'll I'll take the I'll take whatever the second thing is. All right. Oh, okay. All Here right. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Well, your probability was locked in at your first choice. So yeah, for sure. It's it's loading. It's your, loading. Your Wi-Fi yeah. sucks, Jason. Yeah, yeah. Well, I also am talking to someone on Skype, so that doesn't help. Yeah. It's weird. It's probably the website though, because it popped right up the first time as soon as I went there. I don't know. Just reload the website. There we go. Okay. okay. Here we go. All right. You ready? 
Now, uh, we've got a mecha- mechanics, a theme, a victory condition. Do you want the constraint? Yeah, I mean, no use being afraid at this point. <laughs> okay. All right. So our theme is beer aviation. Okay. Uh, uh, the core mechanic needs to be economy management. Uh, the victory condition is the first player to win a number of rounds. And the constraint is each player should play simultaneously. That was beer aviation? Beer aviation. Like like the alcoholic beverage and flying. Correct. <laughs> yeah. It just puts okay. two random words together. Match made in heaven. <laughs> All right. Simultaneous play. First player to win a number of rounds. Economy management with a theme of beer aviation. Well, that that sounds like beer aviation makes me think of bootleggers, except instead of in you know 1930s Chicago, we're in the uh, alternate universe that's steampunk, and you've got sky pirates instead of running rum and uh, alcohol. They're taking their steampunk beer from floating city to floating city. All right. And obviously they're, they're all doing this at the same time because different cities each round are going to need different amounts of beer. And so you're, uh, you're racing with the other players to try and uh, build up your your rum running, your steam, your, your steampunk beer running <laughs> with all these floating cities. Uh-huh. Uh, and each time, uh, in each round, there's a, a couple different turns where feels like this, this is probably a card game, but uh, a, card ga- a, a card-driven game with a board. And so you're, you're playing these cards simultaneously to direct which of the floating cities you're going to and delivering your beer. As you deliver beer in the different cities, you know you get to be the, uh, the favored beer seller there. And so you can't, you can't avoid any cities. Otherwise, the price of beer is going to be too high there. And... At the end of every round, you basically go and look at how much money everybody's made, and only the player that's made the most money that round is going to be the king of the skies. And then the next round, you sink all your money back into beer, so it starts from scratch. And the first player to win... A variable number of rounds. It would be too easy to make this a fixed number of rounds. But oh, yeah. A variable number of rounds, uh, depending on how quickly the beer is delivered, is going to be the winner. Okay. Can, can we call it steam beer? Uh, absolutely. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> not, not bad. Not bad at all. All right. I like it. I like it. 
All right. I think you're uh, you're well on your way to practicing for the IDC. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's good because I was, I was not planning on watching any of the previous ones because I figured they'd be less useful than uh, than doing nothing. <laughs> That's probably true. They yeah. just may serve to make you nervous. So right. I would say there's likely only one one round that mm-hmm. will come back. And uh, yeah, because that's, that's usually there's two. This year, I think there may only be mm. one. And we just added another one after today's conversation. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, well, we were still missing a couple. So Okay, good. We, uh, we, had, we had already put the dangerous ones in to where somebody might get hurt. Right. Um, yeah. We, we try to keep those to just, you know, two to four of the rounds of dangerous <laughs> stuff, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And then um, you wear glasses, Nat. Less than fifty percent danger is a good number. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you yeah. wear you wear glasses. I do wear glasses. That's probably good. That's probably good. Yeah. Safety glasses. I safety hope. glasses would be better. <laughs> safety first. We'll, yeah. We'll provide safety stuff. Don't worry. It'll be great. Oh, that's okay. I will uh, bring in the welding helmet I've got, so I will be I will be set. Good. Yeah, that's great. It's in fact, if you're just if you can't see anything, then you have no reason to be afraid. Right. Yeah. 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 Uh, the only thing we have to fear is nothing because I can't see it. That's right. <laughs> yes, that's right. As, as the saying goes. Yeah, I, I'm familiar with that one, I think. Yeah, me yeah. too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good. Well, hey, Nat, thanks so much for joining us. Um, do you have anything you want to you wanna plug here for uh, your shout-out or throw-out uh, or, or other um, colloquial expressions uh, related to um, plugs and shout-outs? Ah... Uh... No, not really. All right, my favorite kind of guest with nothing to plug. <laughs> <laughs> well, then we'll go ahead and plug ourselves. Thank you, everybody, for listening to Building the Game. We really appreciate it. If you want to get in touch with us, you can send us an email to buildingthegamepodcast at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at podcastbtg. Jason is at jaslingerlin, and I am at poorly underscore designed. You can uh, like us on places and give us a five-star review on iTunes. That is the place to go. It's not iTunes anymore, though, is it? It's what is it now? It's uh, Apple Music, Apple Podcasts. Apple, I don't. It's know. Apple Crap. <laughs> Apple Crap. On yeah, on us, Apple Crapple. Yeah, give us a good review on Apple Crap. Uh, call our Google Voice number at seven seven zero tell BTG. Um, leave us messages. We will listen to them eventually. Well, Jason will. I might not. Depends on whether whether he <laughs> decides it's worth my time. Um, and uh, come on back. We'll do this again next week as we get closer every day to the IDC. Uh, Nat, one more time. Thank you so much for hanging out with us tonight, and thank you so much for being a part of the 2019 Iron Design Challenge. Uh, of course. Thanks for suckering me into it. <laughs> Our pleasure. <laughs> Happy to. Good night. Good night. Hey! Building the Game is a co-production of Imminent Entertainment and Poorly Designed Studios. All ideas presented by Rob and Jason are the property of the Building the Game podcast. We sure hope you'll join us again soon. Until next time... Dial 770-TEL-BTG. Please don't use the email. <laughs>